Hey there, I'm Amy, and welcome to the podcast, Fearlessly Facing 50. This podcast is about conversations and connections, and my mission is to encourage women over 40 to live their best life. You know what, ladies, we haven't peaked yet, and we are just getting started. So if you're ready for some real talk with real people and real conversations about what really matters, you found the right place. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get started. Let's get real. Hey there, I'm Amy and welcome to the Fearlessly Facing 50 podcast. Thanks for joining in the episode today. It's going to be a great one. I know I say that every week. Today we are digging deep into a term that's a bit of a buzzword these days, and you've probably heard it. It's called pivot. You know, in the next few weeks, actually in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking a lot about career, challenging yourself to think a little bit differently if you've not worked in 10 or 20 years and all of a sudden you're thinking, hey, I think it's time to get back into the workforce. Or maybe you're at the top of your career at 30 years in a career and you've been doing a great job and you're just going along and thinking everything is fine until you get that word or that sentence or that phrase that says you're not needed in your role anymore, but thank you for adding so much value over the last 20 or 30 years. Both of those scenarios are things that stop you in your tracks, that make you reassess, that make you think, wow, what do I do next? Pivot is a term, you know, you think of pivoting on the basketball court or making a pivot, making a shift. And that's exactly what I'm talking about today. And I'm delighted to have with me someone that I knew years ago. And she reached out and we connected. And we've always been connected on social media. But she said, you know what? I made a pivot. And I'm really happy. And I want to tell you about it. So we got to talking. And you know what? Sometimes you follow your passion. You set your fears aside and you say, you know what? I'm going for it. I am just going to do this. You're uncomfortable. You're wiggling around a little bit. You're thinking, oh boy, am I too old? Can I really do this? Can I really take this on? And you can. It's the power that we have today. The resources we have available what we can do to enhance our skill set, the ways that we can follow our passion, that actually drives our purpose. So sit back and take a listen to Sally's story. Sally turned 50 a week ago, which is ironic because 1970, there's a lot of us out there listening. But do keep in mind that this podcast is not just about women turning 50. It's about women at that phase of life, 40, 50, 60, beyond, where things change and we're challenged in different ways. 
and how we forge ahead, living forward, looking forward, is a lot about our confidence, our belief and trust in ourself. And that's exactly what Sally did. So grab a glass of wine, grab a cup of coffee, grab a friend, go take a walk, whatever it is. But enjoy the podcast. And here's Sally. Special person on my podcast. And I can think back to, oh, let's see, 1985, 1987, those high school hallways. And the beauty of conversations and connections is just that simple. It's sharing common threads throughout our life, sharing stories that inspire you. And my friend from high school, actually, which I love, has just that, a story that may inspire you to take action and make you realize that it's never too late and you're never too old. So Sally, welcome. Thanks, Amy. Glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. So let's go back. So this is a this is just a really cool story, and it shows you the power of connections, I think, and staying in touch. So let's go back 20 years to when you were 30. Tell us what you were doing at that point in your life and kind of what, what chapter you were in in your life at that point. Um, so when I was 30, it was um, 2000, and I was a full-time mom. I had Katie. She was two and a half at the time. And I had just had my second daughter, Sammy. So I was blessed that uh, my husband, Dave, and I were on the same page. We felt like a stay-at-home mom would be a real advantage for our kids. Uh, It's what I always wanted to do. Um, So I left the corporate world Um, I had been in a marketing job. I had been in a, um, like an expediting job for an aerospace company. And I left the corporate world to raise our girls. Um, yeah. So I did that for five years and it was a great opportunity. Did mom and me classes. We, you know, I, I was their first teacher, which, yeah. I loved it was it was what I wanted to do. Uh, right. I, I was always interested in education and to have that opportunity to, you know, wake my kids up in the morning, be with my kids all day, uh, yeah. send them off to school eventually. Um, it was just it was just a dream come true for me. Yeah, yeah. And during those times, I uh, did a lot of volunteering. Um, I volunteered in their classroom. In... Oh, yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes so... you needed to sit on your hands, right? Like you didn't want that hand to go up to volunteer, but it always went up. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. I loved it. I loved being with the girls. I love that opportunity. I love being in school and in their, you know, involved in their church. So, yeah, yeah right. that's that's what I was doing that's at the you time. Were. So now let's go back 10 years. So now you're 40. And I I love this question because Mm -hmm. what advice would you have told your 30-year-old self? (laughs) And give us a glimpse into your life at 40. I know. I love that question because you think back and think, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So when I was 40, my girls were then 12 and 10. Um, We were right in the middle of you know, just entering middle school for one, and the other one was in her late elementary years. 
to a, where we were at the time was um, my younger one was she struggled in school quite a mm-hmm. bit and we spent all nearly every night together doing homework um yes yeah. yeah. so, isn't it yeah. yep and so um we were really searching for help for her in any sort of path she could take um we did get her diagnosed in fifth grade with uh ADD so um and executive functioning right, um, right. impairments. So that was that was what I was doing, and it was it was every day looking to see what homework we could get done. And so, um, yeah. yep, yep. And I was working. I was working in education, special education at the time. Um, I had been in that career for four years. So I started in education in two thousand six. So I felt super blessed to be in education because I knew then how the system worked and how to get help for her. And I even during my school day learned the curriculum that then I could teach her, reteach her at night. So I just felt like I was put in that, that place, you know, that I was put in education to help her, not only her, but all my students that was my full-time job so wow you were um, doing a lot that's that's a full-time job yeah so I guess you know the original question was what advice would I give myself back then um I still give this advice to myself (laughs) I um I would give myself the advice to just relax Um, don't take myself so seriously and be so hypersensitive. Um, that's a, that's a super big struggle for me still. Um, but something, uh, yeah, it's, but something else is like, be able to break the rules a little bit is, there you go. Have the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. That you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to do everything by the book anymore is right. Right is how I feel today. And, um, and so just be sassy and, right. you know, break it a little bit. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but it's super hard cause I'm a, I'm a big rule follower. Oh yeah. I and, know. I know. Aren't we all? I know. <laughs> right? And I wanted to teach my girls right from wrong and I was super conscientious and, you know, I was like, am, am I doing it right? And so, yeah. Yeah, I think um, we all reflect on that a little bit. We think, and then all of a sudden you hit this, you know, almost 50 and you're like, what was I thinking? I was spending uh-huh. so much time, you know, doing that. And, and you know, you really, I, I think that's great advice to relax a little bit. I think that's true. Anybody that's 30 listening right now, that's good advice. Uh-huh. You know, when you, and I know we talked about this just when we talked on the phone a couple of weeks ago, but you've always had this caring gene imprinted on your heart for sure. And I know, but, you know, but you went to college and you didn't pursue medical school or nursing. You went and pursued journalism, right? Right, right. Did you, did you ever think about, you know, going to medical school? Because that's really, you know, you have such a caring heart. It's, you know, honestly, it didn't enter my realm of thinking at all. Um, Back when, back when we went to college, it wasn't like the way kids go to college today. 
it's it we were in a college prep high school right however <laughs> yeah i went to a school in northern wisconsin because that's where my sister went right, right. and i didn't really go around and research schools and, you know, apply to schools and, and get, you know, it just wasn't what, it wasn't what we did. It wasn't what we did. And you just kind of were like, okay, I'll just get this degree and then I'll, you know, and so no, it actually, that caregiving, um, heart that I have now, that didn't really, that was not, that didn't exist back for me. I mean, it wasn't a huge part of my life. It wasn't a passion in my life. And I don't think it even developed until I had kids and really didn't take off until I was in education. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I went into journalism because I love to write. And exactly. And so at one point I thought, uh, of nursing because uh, where I went, Eau Claire, um, huge nursing program. Right. And, but then I, I, I was not super focused in college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I thought about nursing briefly, but yeah. it just, I, it just wasn't, it wasn't something. Yeah. No, it wasn't there. So it's funny how you look at the process now and what these kids do to go to college. And, you know, they, it is, it's totally different. It really right. is. It makes us fit, sound like we're so old and, you know, back in the olden days when we used right. to do apply, but, uh, but it really has changed. I yeah. can see that. And, and, and I understand where you're coming from. You don't know exactly. And, and there's a sense of, you know, you've matured too. And you've, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you have kids and that caregiving, it, that changes. Yeah. So, so let's fast forward to 2019. You've had a professional career and of course been around education, which mm-hmm. has always been on your heart and mm-hmm. you decide to step outside your comfort zone. So, um, you know, how, tell me about this whole process. How did you tell your husband and, and everything you were ready to make this pivot? You know, pivot is a buzzword right now mm-hmm. to make a change. Yeah. Um, so in 20, it was, it was 2018, 2019 school year. So it was just last year and it was, um, the whole environment of education had changed. Um, there was uh, a real uptick in mental health issues um, with the, with the students. Um, There was such a lack of respect and it's still there. It's still happening. I just say was because I'm not in it anymore, but my former coworkers are still dealing with it. It's, it's everywhere. And um, that entire year, uh, my husband heard me and my kids heard me complaining about yeah. com- complaining about it. So it wasn't such a shock. It, it took me the entire school year to uh, research, think about, right. pray, yeah. discern what I wanted to do. Um, I'm sure put fear aside. That had to be in there. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I knew that I didn't, I had options. I wanted to maybe work with kids with autism and be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that just really wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna work, um, for a few reasons. And I knew that I couldn't go back to the corporate world. It, 
I did fine. It was fine, but yeah, it right. wasn't, uh, it didn't do anything for me. It wasn't filling your cup the right way. You know, right. we talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, um, I had a lot of experience with my own health, with my kids have struggled with different health issues. Mm -hmm. My dad um, passed away from a, a huge um, health issue, um, mm -hmm. cancer of his esophagus in 2015. Wow. And uh, that really, that care gave caregiving of him for the 10 months that from diagnosis till his death, uh, I think really put me over where I thought I should be. I, you right. know, you, you're deciding on things to do in your life. And when people say you really have a gift or you keep hearing people say you should really do this, I could really see you doing that. You, you start thinking about it. You start thinking, well, maybe that is the direction I should go. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, finally, you know, when we were helping my dad through his, um, struggle with esophageal cancer and, um, eventually it turned into osteoporosis and it eventually turned in, it was just health issue right. after health yeah. issue until he passed away. Um, I became the nursing assistant to my dad and my mm -hmm. sister kind of became the paperwork assistant to my mm -hmm. parents. Mm -hmm. And I was the one who would go over and clean his feeding tube. I would help him. I would be there when he got his tubes pulled out of his lungs, you know, to, wow. for drainage. I was the one who did that. Yeah. And it, it didn't bother me. So right. I, I finally decided that's, that's maybe the direction I should go. And... So you know, and, and you're 40, 48 or 49 at this point. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I applaud you for that because that is really, I mean, but it, you know, you're kind of walking the walk now and you're saying, okay, this is where I see my life navigating. I mean, navigating this direction, caregiving, right. which is, which is amazing. It really is. Yeah. It, it does show you that you're never too old. And you know, Amy, I don't feel 49. Right. I, right. I don't yep. feel 48. I don't feel 49. And I think you have to have that attitude. You have to be like, I'm not dead. Exactly. I'm not, exactly. I'm not done. I, right. I have so much to contribute. Yeah. Um, I think we get lost in youth and like, that's what you're supposed to do at mm -hmm. 20. That's mm -hmm. not what you're supposed to do at 50. And, right. and I, I don't really feel old. So I thought, why not? I'm, I'm right, right. Why not? And I'm super miserable right now. So yeah. yeah, why not go with like the next thing that I think is calling me? So exactly a passion. Yeah. yeah. So going back to school, of course, this for me is brings me back to geometry class. I don't know if you were in geometry class with me, <laughs> with Mr. Sharebreaker, but I dreaded that class. I remember going to the chalkboard and having sweaty palms. So going back to school yeah. at 49, that's a big deal, Sally. So tell me about that. Tell me about the first day. Were you the oldest? And what did that feel like? Yeah. Um, and by the way, yes, I failed geometry in high school <laughs> with Mrs. Moon. Yeah. So it was terrible, to be honest. Um uh, yeah, I was the oldest. Um, I, as the days went on, I 
the, the kids in my class, the young adults in my class, I could tell they were very young, but I didn't know how young. Right, right. I mean, I was the oldest by 25 years. There was nobody near me. No, I mean, there was a, a young lady there who is the same age as my daughter, Sammy. So, so you could be their mom. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I did turn into their mom. They called right. me. Yeah. They called me their clinical mom. And, you know, I was, it was, it was wonderful because I got the opportunity to be the student that I always wanted to be in high school. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was confident. Um, I, I volunteered answers. I, you raised I, your hand. I oh, raised my right hand. Oh, that's I awesome. went right. To, yeah. I went right to the board. I was writing down, you know, everything for the teacher. I, it was, it was, it was wonderful, but it was super sweaty and oh, yeah, <laughs> nerve wracking. Yeah. And, and in the first week we, well, we had a test every week. So we had a like a knowledge check every week. So we had five tests until we came to our final state exam and and kind of your state, right. you know, to get your certification. So um, I, I was <laughs> I was sitting there going, honestly, I do not know how kids do this. I I'm working. I got a, you know, a warehouse job just like every other college student. I got a summer job. Wow. I'm working. I'm going to school. I have homework. I have tests. I'm, I'm like, how do people even do this? This is you're probably, yeah, you're pulling all nighters basically. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I made a permanent dent in my dining room table seat. I mean, yeah. every time my husband and daughter would walk in, they're like, Oh, you're there. You are again. There you are studying. <laughs> there you I are. Love it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a wonderful experience. Um, so I, yeah, I, I loved it. I know. I know. And for, a, for a person that, you know, you finish the class and then the best part for me, because I, you know, I follow you on social media and I see this picture and I told you when we talked a couple of weeks ago, I love the fact that at the graduation picture, you're standing in the front. <laughs> you're like leading right. the pack. There you are. You could be their mom. Mm -hmm. It took all sorts of courage for you to go back to school and do this, but you know, you, you embraced it. And, um, but tell me about that when you finished, you're standing there. What, uh -huh. what made you take the front? Well, my husband's, I showed that picture to my husband and he's, he said, of course you're in the front. You know, I don't shy away from a picture and, you know, it, as opposed to him, he's hiding in the back all the time. But, um, you know, I just, I don't know if I put myself there or if it just happened, but um, I was absolutely flying high that day. I had done the work. I was certified as a nursing assistant. I, I, like I said, I wasn't super focused in college. So that was always a regret of mine that mm -hmm. I didn't get a degree that I worked in. Um, I mean, I got my journalism degree, but I, you know, I don't, I don't use it. So right. to actually have worked that hard in the class and, you know, pass the clinicals, pass the state certification. Mm -hmm. I, you bet I'm going to stand in the front and show off. I was, <laughs> I was so 
proud of myself. Oh, I, so great. yeah. So, and I just loved the fact because all through education, when, when I was in education, I was, there was always something in the back of my mind, like I'm, I'm kind of jealous of those teachers that actually got the degree, right. have the background knowledge, did the work. Right. And now I do. And yeah, when I started my job a couple weeks ago, I hit the ground running because I, the, the, the education they give you in this class for CNA is, is pretty broad. I mean, they're oh, yeah, touching, sure. they're touching subjects that I'm using from the moment I'm walking in the door. And so right. I've been there for two and a half weeks and I feel like I'm contributing so much because mm -hmm. I've, uh, yeah, I have the degree in it. And so that's why I just was and so you can tell when happy. You, when you when you talk about it, you can just tell you're, you're, you're so passionate and you're so happy. And let's just go backtrack there. You have a job. I do. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I got a job at uh, an assisted living home about 20 minutes from where I live and it's going great. I, I help people in assisted living and in memory care. Wow. So Yep. Yeah, so yeah, important. and making an impact every day and doing something that you, you get up and you feel good about. And it's all kind of led you to that, you know, caring for your dad, mm -hmm. you know, that caregiving role, always being there for your kids, like we do as moms with the homework and everything. So, so what what advice would you give somebody if they're listening, and they're frustrated, you know, they want to pivot, they want to go a different way. How can mm -hmm. you help them get that courage? What word would you give them? What words of advice? Right. Um, you know, for me, I called it a pivot because um, one of my friends, she named it pivot. Uh, yeah. And it was, it was last spring. She was, she was worried about me. Um, she thought I was having a breakdown. Um, I had just gotten a tattoo, my only tattoo, and... Oh, please tell us more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the tattoo is a bracelet, and it, it my sister and I got them together, um, and they it represents our support of one another through the struggles with my dad. That's awesome. For, for that year, and that we, whenever I couldn't be there, she was there. And I, you know, it was just, it was such a comforting thing to know that she had my back. I had her back. Mm -hmm. We were backing each other up. So, um, so that's, that's why we got yeah. that. Um, I like the pivot. Yeah. You hear it all the yeah. time. So that's what she did. My friend, she said, okay, it's not a breakdown. It's, it's a pivot. We'll call it a pivot. And so I said, you do have options in your life. I, I sometimes say I didn't have an option. I was miserable. And, mm -hmm. but you do, you always have an option. Mm -hmm. And we're lucky enough to live in a country where you do have options and you can change your life. And I just thought, um, I've got to be happy. I've got to choose happy and I've got to figure out how I'm going to do that. Um, there, you know, in the workplace, and I know this is in a lot of places, 
you just see people choosing to complain and be negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, it's almost like a competition on who can be the most miserable. Oh, and, right. and it's, it's a cliche, but I think it's life is too short to be that way. It's Absolutely. too short to be unhappy. And, you know, a friend of mine said, you can just choose to be happy. And mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that's super simple. And, yeah. you know, and so, you know, my, my advice at the end of the day is if, if you're happy, if you're doing what you think you should be doing, um, personally for me, I want at the end of my life to know that I did God's work. Mm-hmm. I want to leave this life, go to the next and, and hear those words that I was a, a good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. And, and that mm-hmm. really, that really promotes what I do. Yeah. So, and just to be brave and make the change, it is worth it. It is super uncomfortable and I have the stiffest neck you would ever (laughs) believe. And I'm hoping to get rid of that soon, but it's it's uncomfortable. But, you know, I go every day to work and it's still hard because I'm still learning the job, but Yep. It is what I wanted to do. And I keep telling myself <laughs> when I'm like, oh, my God, I had a 15 minute break and 10,000 steps today. And yeah. oh, my yeah. God. Nice. But, you know, it, the stories I come home with about um, these these people who are touching my life now. I mean, right. exactly. it, the, yeah, it's it's a blessing yeah. for me. And your cup isn't empty. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup. I said that a couple of weeks ago, and it's so true. I'm really proud of you. I'm just proud of you, one, for sharing your story, and two, for just keeping it real, because you are a real person that did something really amazing. And um, just thanks for thanks for sharing your story, because, you know, at 50, 55, and beyond, um, we have a lifetime of experience. Uh-huh. And words of wisdom and perspective to share. And um, I just really appreciate you being on here today and just taking time to chat. Well, I appreciate you too, Amy, and I'm proud of you as well. Oh, thank I just, you. I think 50, like we said, is a new start. It's, exactly. it's not, I mean, my kids are nearly on their own. They're right. almost out of college and I'm just fresh out of college. So exactly. I just, you know, I hear these these pearls of wisdom every day at work from my um, yeah. my residents, and I'm so inspired by them. And um, in the end, I want to be able to tell stories and give advice, and yeah. you know, take exactly. care of. Yeah. So. Thank you. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's never too late, and we're never too old, right? Right. I agree. All right. Thanks mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for tuning into the episode. And what was so great about this story is just about the mindset of pivot, making a change, recalibrating. And at this point in life, it's something we not only have to do if we're finding something in the career, you know, in our career front that we want to change or pivot. That's one thing. And another way to look at embrace pivot is around our mindset how we approach each day. 
you know, when you get to this age, it's, it's challenging. Let's be honest. We are at a phase of life when everything is changing, you know, physically, emotionally, everything. And what I love about this show, having this podcast, meeting these incredible women, sharing stories and insight is things come to me that I get to evaluate and take a look at and think about and learn from. And something that has come across my desk actually about 18 months ago, to be honest, maybe even closer to 20, um, it was on the Today Show and Good Morning America and CNN, and it was all with Dr. Christy Funk, who is basically kicking breast cancer's butt through diet, and she is a surgeon, and um, she's a renowned breast cancer surgeon. She's amazing. She's also a women's health advocate, and um, I really believe in the mission that she shares And one thing that I was approached with was something, uh, Pink Lotus Company is something that's been around for a long time, and you can check it out. I'm going to uh, list a link in in the episode notes so you can check it out. But one thing that I have had great luck with, and I do not take this lightly, and I don't just endorse products and all of that until I really believe that it's a game changer. And something I've been taking for about the last 20 months um, since I saw it on the Today Show and have connected with Dr. Funk is Menopause Miracle. It's a daily tablet. It's, it is incredible. And I'm right at that phase of perimenopause, you know, basically right at the, almost at that climax of menopause. And, you know, it's an, it's a natural vegan, non-GMO, non-estrogenic. There's clinical studies around this product and it has been amazing for me. And I don't, take it lightly. I've been taking this for a long time. So it's not something I just started and I'm like on the bandwagon. Um, It's amazing. And it's their whole product line is incredible. And there's products, um, vitamins and that type of thing. There's also things around aftercare after having a lumpectomy or um, a mastectomy. Everything is gauged around empowering women who have gone through breast cancer. It touches um, close to me as my mom is, went through breast cancer surgery and treatment, and it has affected a lot of friends in my path. So I wanted to share it with you. I'll link it in the episode notes. And uh, if you have questions, reach out to me and I'll get them answered for you if I can't answer them myself, but I highly recommend it. So that's what I wanted to say. And I hope that today's message inspires you to take action in something that you might have been holding back on. So until next time, go forth and be awesome.